welcome everybody to Papa Spice's Hot Takes with Hans and Harry. How is everybody out in internet land doing? We hope you are doing well. Uh, Harry, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic, Papa. Um, it's good to see you boys. Uh, I'm very excited for uh, tomorrow night. Uh, we're going to have a, uh, a Papa Spice uh I don't know, event uh, where we're to going the to the movies. Yeah, trip to the <laughs> movies together. Uh, so that's really exciting. And um, I actually, another on another movie news, because we just love, we can't stop talking about movies around here. Uh, I went and finally broke uh, the seal and saw The Godfather. Um, it was a hole in my arsenal as far as movies. Um, absolutely loved it. Uh, really looking forward to watching the second part. I feel as though it's hard to properly talk about it without watching the second part. And I'm even going to go as far as saying the third part, because mm-hmm. even everything I read about the third part, I, um, I get the feeling like, and I know this is a long introduction hand. Sorry. Uh, I get the feeling that uh, it's not well received, but it's still actually pretty good. It's just mm-hmm. not perfect. So really excited to close that chapter. Hopefully in the next couple months, uh, the wife's going to Disney again. So I will be able to sit down for part two. Very excited for that. Nice. Hands. Go ahead. No, um, sorry, Greg. You were but, say. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Greg. We're <laughs> well, off the I was, rails already. Uh, yeah. I came <laughs> in hot with my takes. You did. You did. Well, I was just going to touch on that because, I mean, The Godfather is a huge film, obviously. Uh, so the third one, yes, I concur. Um, it's a tall order to live up to the first two. It's not a bad movie by any means. It just it's it doesn't it stands in the shadow of two great films. Um, yeah. As far as uh, Godfather goes, I mean, you know, the question on everybody's mind, you know, what did you think? How how would you rate it on a scale one to five? So I'm going to say I gave it five stars. Um, wow. But here's the thing. I I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm going to be one of those guys that says you haven't seen The Godfather or, oh, my God, like what? I mean, you know, I could see why it isn't for everybody. It's a very um, masculine movie, I would say, in a way. Uh, it definitely uh, I could see somebody watching it and being like, not my cup of tea. Um, so I'm not going to be here praising to be like, see it. But I think if you love film or if you're into the movies or if you even enjoy listening to us, um, it's definitely worth something putting uh, putting a feather in your cap, as they uh, as they say on Wheel of Fortune. Uh, if, I don't know if you guys saw that uh, viral <laughs> oh, uh, yes. video. But uh, yeah, so put that one in, uh, in your cap there. Um, I think it's a must watch. I mean, for even, even my wife, who isn't... Uh, we saw it together. Yeah, my my Disney loving. I'm not going to sit through a three hour movie. Wife uh, gave it four and a half stars and said, "Yeah, I appreciate it, but like not my cup of tea." So I think that's where I come down on like spreading the gospel. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's um, I'm very excited for part two. That's uh, something that I can't wait to do because um, I hear it's just as good, if not better. So good. Glad you were able to uh, dive into the franchise. Uh, Hans, how you doing, buddy? Well, by the time Harry finished that introduction, I actually went to watch part two because I haven't seen it. So, uh, uh, yeah, excellent film. I love it. Um, Harry, are you going to become one of those people that like now start sharing memes, but it's pictures of the Godfathers with like quotes that never came from the Godfather, but it just has the picture in the Oh, background? some of those inspirational things? Yeah, the no, inspirational uh, ones. I love you see it on Goodfellas absolutely- a lot. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely love those where it's like keep your keep your family close but still make your money or something. And it's like, what? I don't understand. Yeah. And it's like but they have like Michael Corleone in the background. Brother? Yeah. Yeah. But he like, never did anything. <laughs> yeah. Um it's yeah. I'm glad you saw I'm glad you finally saw that. I, I'm I'm new to The Godfather too. Like I saw it a couple years ago. So that's a, it's 
I, know, I would probably give it like a Welcome three and a half. Team. Welcome to the Godfather. Three and a half? Yeah, three and a half or four. Like I, you know, I thought it was just okay. Like I wasn't like blown away by it. I don't know if it's because I may have seen oh, like man. bits and pieces over the years, and you know, I knew what was going to happen, so nothing really like blew For me sure. away. Um, I watched the movie Mafia, the spoof movie based on The Godfather, which I found was a little bit better. Um, it kept Jesus. me more entertained. Um, <laughs> but I haven't seen the second one. So, um, but on that note, I'm doing great. I'm glad that we're going to see each other tomorrow um, for a, a day that we've been waiting for for a oh, long man. time. We got it circled on our calendars. Also, um, some all, of us. Some yeah, all of us, three yeah. of us. Um, I'm, I'm glad. I, I'm not just glad that, you know, I'm glad that Greg, you know, we, we, we talked about this and you weren't too excited about it leading up, but I'm glad that you at least want to experience it. And of course it's the Batman, mm-hmm. which is getting some pretty solid reviews at this time, but we'll see. Yeah, look, I mean, I uh, I'm more excited to get to see the boys and be with the boys, boys. than get to see the Batman. Uh, you know, I, I have made no uh, um, no hesitation in hiding the f- or no no effort to hide the fact that I do not want to see this movie. I don't think it looks good, but um, you know, here we are. We're gonna go see it. I'm gonna see it with right, some listen. of my favorite people. Greg, when's the last time I saw you? Was it at Harry's wedding? Yeah, probably. So I think that was it. All right. Yeah. So long overdue like then. Long the, long yeah. overdue. the day after when I dropped the suit off. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yep. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's a, I would, it, uh my main goal, Greg, is that you walk out of it and say, wasn't as bad as I had hoped. And I know there's some in our group that are like, Greg's going to love it. And I'm like, listen, let's not get crazy. <laughs> if he if Greg walks out of it and says, you know what, that was better than I expected then um, I'm a happy, I'm a happy boy. I feel so. like the first thing that's going to happen as soon as the movie's over and we walk out, everybody's going to like circle around me and stare at me and yeah. wait for my, so Greg, <laughs> which is, you know, yeah, you know, Tim's like, going to oh. be there doing that. Yes. Uh, along or along with that, um, I've been, you know, plowing through some movies I haven't seen recently. And uh, I actually watched a, a really, really pre star Wars movie. Uh, which nice. was the cabinet of Dr. Caligari from uh, 1919. So over 19 hundred what? years old. 19, 19 what? 1919. 1919. All right. <laughs> Dude, they, when, were, uh, they were still finding French fresh pieces of the Titanic when that, when that movie came out. Yes, uh, basically. Uh, but it was, uh, it was really good. You know, I, I gave it four stars out of five. Um, very innovative, very uh, surreal with uh, set design and art direction. Um really kind of like the uh, grandfather of horror and psychological thriller and uh, suspense movies. So if anybody wants to watch it, it's streaming on shutter. Uh, you do need a shutter subscription, but it, that's pretty cheap. So I, I uh, do want to like say it's crazy as movie fans that there's actually movies that existed in 1919 that are a hundred years old. So over a hundred, yeah, over a hundred. That's just insane to believe, but yeah. Yeah. And they're available streaming. <laughs> like it's oh, not yeah. even like I have to dig out a VHS or a Betamax or something. I can just pop it on and through the wonders get, of, like, the one of the internet. Here we go. Reels. Get one yeah. of the old film reels. Yeah. Uh, all right. But uh, thank you guys for sitting with us through that lengthier than usual introduction. But we are here for one thing. And that is never have I ever seen another round. And your boy Papa Spice is in the hot seat tonight. So uh, let's find out what I had to watch. Uh, Harry, what movie did you choose for me? 
Yeah. So we were talking, you know, about how we could kind of maybe maybe tie this in a little bit with our choices, because some of our choices have been a little different from each other. So we kind of went with two, I would say, critically acclaimed directors and some Oscar love for these movies. Um, And I went uh, and nominated 2014's Whiplash for you. Um, So, yeah, that starred. uh, Yeah. 2014 uh, directed by Damien Chazelle. Um, starring Miles Teller, J.K. Simmons, um, and won three Oscars for it, uh, supporting actor J.K. Simmons, who basically he won every award that he was up for for this role. Um, it also won with editing, which when you watch it, you can definitely kind of see that stand out in a good way. Um, I think sometimes with editing, you can see it in a, in a bad way. Um, and sound mixing, which, you know, this movie relies heavily on the mixing of the music and you know, uh, J.K. Simmons's character cutting in uh, all the time during it. Um, so, and it was also nominated for Best Picture and uh, Adapted Screenplay. So, so Greg, why don't you uh, why don't you dive into it and you know tell us a little bit about your thoughts? I was really excited for you to check this one out because um, you know we had just recently talked about La La Land and how uh, you haven't seen that either. So, I guess this did you see First Man? Is this your first like Damien Chazelle movie? I have not seen First Man, so this was my first mm. Giselle. Um, <clears throat> what a lovely way to jump in. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, this was something. So I remember when it was in theaters and it, it had a ton of buzz. I was like, yeah, yeah, maybe I'll get around to it. What is it about drumming? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, but as time went on and, you know, I, I really started uh, looking at, um, you know, best picture type nominees uh, and watching more films along that vein, um, I, I, became more interested in seeing this and it's funny that you picked this for me because i actually had it in my hulu queue to watch at some point so i was kind of uh happy that i i got stuck with this one um so to speak uh the movie was um really good i enjoyed it uh the opening scene there was some really impressive drumming there and um i wasn't sure uh if um miles teller was actually a drummer like what his drumming history was so, you know, I, I ended up uh, looking it up because I was like, I, I need to know if like he put himself through this for the film, um, if, if this was something that he picked up or if he had already had, you know, some exposure to the, the drumming scene. And uh, yeah, he had uh, played drums, I guess, for a rock band or a, a metal band, something along those lines. And, you know, it wasn't he didn't have any experience with like jazz drumming, but his yeah. his drumming did. um play and like he he was able to uh shoot the scenes for the most part it wasn't necessarily all that they used and and you you had mentioned uh they won an oscar for best editing some of that comes down to the way that the the shots were edited to make it look like he knew what he was doing um because it wasn't all you know sunshine and roses with his playing but there was enough where he could fake it till he made it you know um Mm -hmm. but i i thought it, it it looked really impressive. It sounded very impressive. So um, I, I was uh, really shocked. Um, I had no idea that this movie was going to be about jazz, <laughs> but I totally did that. <laughs> uh, I, I just, I knew it was about a music teacher um, bullying a student. And that, that was like my only frame of reference. Yeah. A lot of these movies, when I haven't seen them, I tend to go in cold. I don't watch trailers for them or anything Agreed. like that. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I didn't know this was going to be about jazz, but, uh, really appreciated that it had that, um, 
that framework to it. Uh, I will say I thought they took way too long to establish the stakes. Uh, J.K. Simmons character, um, Terrence Fletcher, like we get introduced to him in the very beginning. And, you know, you don't you kind of get a sense that he's he's got a little bit of a rough exterior, but you don't really know. And then when you see him in the class, uh, he's just a total terror, like, you know, bullying and uh, mentally eviscerating uh, these kids, well, kids, uh, more adults, but um, these people in his class. And I don't know, like, what the deal is with it. Like, why is the band putting up with this? What's in it for them? They never really went out of their way to explain it. Um, uh, You... You hear, I think, Teller's character, um, Andrew, say at some point prior to this, oh, I'm in the Schaefer School for Music or whatever it is. And the implication is this is a prestigious school. And then when you're first introduced in the opening scene to uh, um, Terrence Fletcher, J.K. Simmons character, he basically says, you know what who I am. Right. Implying, again, that he's somebody important. But that's all there is like you don't find out until halfway through like what exactly is the point of all this? What are they practicing for? Is this just a class? Is this something more like why? Why are these people willing to sit here and take this abuse at his hands? So I think that was an interesting choice. I don't necessarily agree with it, but it's just because I know you don't want to get too much like exposition in there in the way of dialogue. But um, it, it just it seems to be introduced to that kind of like brutality in the classroom uh, and not have a reason for why these people are putting up with it is it's kind of strange to me. It's like, again, you know, what's in it for them. I don't know. You guys have any thoughts on any of that? Um, I, I mean, I, I, I think I went into this cold as well. I might've seen this with Harry. Cause I think this is the only reason I would go and watch a movie of Harry. Like, was like, hey, you want to go watch Whiplash? Like, sure, whatever. It was probably like a Tuesday night. I didn't have anything to do. Um, <clears throat> now, I didn't know too much about it. And I think, I, Greg, same with you is where I went I went in pretty cold with it. Um, I, I think, I don't know if I even watched the trailer, so I don't necessarily know if I saw, like, even the trailer showed J.K. Simmons, like, how, like, bad he really was. Um, but, you know, the scene where they meet and in that practice, that's like, I remember watching being like, oh, my God, like, this guy is like, a complete maniac mm-hmm. um and like i don't think i've seen like that I, I at that point when i saw this i think like my like of the resume that i've seen jk simmons in wasn't necessarily like that crazy like i know him from like spider-man and like and i, I was about to say little miss sunshine but that was uh, not you must him. not have that seen was... oz yeah not a huge <laughs> I, I have guy. not seen oz yet <laughs> oh boy um i i actually have what i've been wanting to go back and watch that because i i has a couple lost alum in it and i know that he is uh i i've heard that he's like like his character in oz is basically like his character in whiplash yeah um so i i do want to go back and check that out um but yeah i mean i it, it really i, I guess I, this is, I think, the only Damien Chazelle movie that I've watched as well, off the look. Um, you saw La La Land. Oh, that's right. I saw La La Land. Um, <laughs> or, so, or as you like right. to call it, or as you like to call it, blah 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 blah, blah, blah land. land, blah blah <laughs> land. Um, but I thought I, I, I really like with the expectations going in. Like I, this is, well, I was kind of like, I guess I'll go. 
And that one scene blew me away. And I think like throughout the movie, it's just like, Greg, you're right. At, like at what length do people like do like this stuff? Like, why are they putting up with like this, this lifestyle of, um, of yeah, like band or whatever, like I get like, like performance and like, what does it lead up to? And, and I kind of felt the same way. And, you know, I think throughout the movie, you, you think there's going to be like this budding, like, I don't want to say relationship, but um, respect that builds for these two characters and it gets to a point where you're just like all right and then it just like they sweep the leg under like sweep the rug from under you and you're like oh no like this guy is truly like like you look at it like who's the real villain of the movie is it the fact that is it is it fletcher for being like absolutely crazy or is it um andrew for basically putting up with it and putting himself through it so um, I, I think there's a lot of a lot of like kind of uh, I think the story was I, I, I wasn't a huge fan. Like I'd say I'd give it like a three out of five or I'm sorry, two, like a like a three out of five. I'm sorry, not three. I meant to say I almost said three point five out of five, like three and a half. I give it like a three out of five. Um, but harsh. I, I think that and, um, you know, I'll go probably go into this a little bit. I'll let Harry put his thoughts on this. But I, I mean, I, I think if it wasn't for J.K. Simmons in this movie, I'd probably give it a lower score. I think the movie really carries like is being carried by his performance. Um, but and I saw her and I'll let you, you know, cover that point because I saw your face with that. Um, I, you know, I, I think that if you, I, whenever I hear what like people talk about whiplash, like it's not like a normal conversation, but people I've said like, oh, you seen whiplash? Like, man, wasn't J.K. Simmons crazy in that? Like, like what if someone else like they, they hired someone else and. I don't think it would have been as good. I think that I think the movie really hangs on his performance. Like another movie, uh, I'll probably bring up at some point. But um, you know, Harry, I'll throw that. I'll throw this over to you. Wow, um, harsh, harsh words. I, I, I like it. I liked it. I, I just I didn't think. I think that, and this is like I don't want to throw the term overrated because the majority of people, mm. and it's got like an eight point five out of ten on IMDb. Oh, it's we like, don't go by that. I, I know, but it's still like, you know, there's, it's got like, I think it's got a good Rotten Tomatoes score. Like, I think it's yeah. like, it's got really strong critical reviews. It's been up for Oscars, but I, so I don't want to say Oscars, overrated. Yeah. I, yeah. One Oscars, but I don't want to say overrated because the majority of people who saw it liked it. I was just in the kind of the minority. It was just like, it was, it was all right. I think uh-huh. that if you didn't have JK's performance in there, then it would be, it would, I probably would have liked it as much. As our esteemed cool. colleague would say, it was fine. Yeah, it was fun. Um, I thought it was good. Blah, blah, I left the blah, theater. Blah, blah, lash, say. According to uh, according to hands, <laughs> no, that was that was a that was a two. That was a two yeah. out of five. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I think I think you could say that about. I mean, if you want to play the what if game, I mean, the fact, I mean, they did cast J.K. Simmons and he did win the Oscar for it, and he won, as I mentioned, almost every award he was up for for the role of Fletcher. Um, now, if you like, I don't know. That's like basically like if you take away like any of the players like who if you take away Nick Foles from the Eagles do they like win the Super Bowl and it's like yes but like uh, probably not but it's like if you do that if you could do that with any of the players so like if you take away you know get me wrong now could you replace Miles with somebody and it's like well I don't know because Miles you know as Greg mentioned like he did play the drums from young age so he kind of was able to sell he knew what he was doing and I think that's really important with uh with a small movie like this I mean this movie was shot in 19 days it made it cost only 3.3 million dollars to make and it made 50 
Um, so from that point, it was a success as well. Damien Chazelle didn't even couldn't even get funding for this movie until he was able to um, show it off at Sundance with an 18 minute short. And then finally, people were like, yeah, we'll we'll buy this and make it a feature length film. So I In- think there's a interestingly, lot of- sorry to interrupt, but interestingly, no, no, Simmons was cast as Fletcher in that 18 minute short. And they they kept that casting. They had a different character for Andrew yeah. or a different actor. And but yeah. I, I think one thing that does help is like, listen, I, as Craig mentioned, I, I don't think there's a lot of Oz heads out here. So I think Simmons is like a great cast for this because you think about him in Juno. You think about him in, you know, Spider-Man is like, oh, he gets up and ha J.K. Simmons. And I think something like that and watching this actor. I mean, for me, I, I didn't see much Oz or knew much about Oz until afterwards. Um, or after seeing this movie later on. So it was like, for me, it was like, oh, J.K. Simmons, I like him. And even in the first couple minutes, you're like, oh, man, he's really insulting these students. But it's but it's kind of, I guess it's we're all in on the joke here. And then there's the rushing and dragging scene. And you're like, oh, no, this guy is psychotic. And the these children are in, in danger, or these kids or these adults are in danger. Um, this is problematic. Um, and that's why, you know, Greg, you mentioned, I know you, like, I think the trailer for this and, and not saying had you seen it, I think it did a pretty good job of setting this up. If I remember, cause I remember being really exciting, really excited for it. It was like, Hey, here's a student in a school, you know, who goes to the prestigious university, you know, for music. And it's like, here's the teacher. And it's like, you know, the teacher's kind of a, kind of a jerk. Mm. Um, and it didn't sell you obviously in the trailer on like how, uh, how deep he goes with his cuts on uh, on some of the things he says, but uh, it's it's not for the faint of heart, um, and it's really it's really difficult to 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 watch in some points. So, I mean, I, I take your point, hands. I mean, I you know, I guess if you throw you know, I don't know any actors off the top of my head who I think could fill this role, but it probably doesn't work. But that's a kudos to them for putting him in that position to be in that position to make it work. So, I don't so- think you should fault the movie for that. I, no, I'm not faulting the movie, but I'm just saying, like, I, I, so I did a little bit of research, and apparently J.K. Simmons was up against Ethan Hawke for this. I don't think that would have worked as well. I think I think Ethan mm. Hawke, I don't think he would have been able to bring that intensity. I, I and I don't want to I don't want to bring hot takes like into this and switch movies and, and just uh, and cause like an, an internal war between us. <laughs> but like I look at I like other movies where like I, and a perfect example, I'm going to say it's a very in my eyes, it's considered like overrated uh-huh. is. If you take Heath Ledger out of the Dark Knight, I think the that betrayal movie is just kind of the betrayal. Yeah, I think <laughs> I don't think the movie is as good because it's the same thing where it's just like uh. now they're two they're two totally different movies, two way totally different movies, both critically acclaimed. But I think if you take Heath Ledger out of the Dark Knight and put in like I don't know some of the names that are thrown around like Crispin Glover or like I don't know like I think um, Adrian Brody was one of them. Like I, oh, I think Adrian that, Brody totally would be able to do that. We've had that discussion. Yeah, I, like I think that like I don't think the movie would have been as good because most people, if I tell people, I like now I'm like, well, you know, I think that The Dark Knight's an okay, like it's not great. I don't think it's the best superhero movie of all time. But, but like, well, Heath Ledger's performance was great, man. Like, like yeah, it was. I'm not taking anything away from his performance, but I think like if you take that out of it, then it just becomes. I don't think it's just it doesn't. It's not as good. I think those two like roles carry the movies. That's all I was saying. I mean, I could be, I, I know you guys are, I know you're like Greg's first reaction is like, like, well, some of us can be wrong. And then that, that's, <laughs> I was thinking it, I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> oh, man. I just, I think that, and, 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 but I'm not, ta- I don't want to take away from the movie because I did enjoy it. Like the overall ending, ending part of like the whole discussion is when you leave a theater, did you enjoy the movie or not? I did. 
I thought, thought it was great, but I thought the strongest part was J.K. Simmons' performance. Mm-hmm. I thought the storytelling and like you know, I thought the story was a little like okay, like it was it wasn't like, great, but it's it's a very it's a very small contained movie. I mean, there's like you well, the budget all went to like drumsticks. <laughs> well, yeah, probably, <laughs> and but, like I mean, you one can car they total. Yeah, <laughs> like there's there's a couple scenes in a movie theater that like are easy to shoot. There's a couple scenes like there's a bunch of scenes in the practice room. Then there's two like orchestra shots, and there's a cafe scene, and then there's like a scene in like which could have been across from like the building where they shot in the school of like, Hey, we're meeting with this attorney, like, and the driving scenes, like, I guess you could throw in there. So dining room like, table it, scene. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The dining room table scene too, which is uh, fantastic. And I think miles really does well in that scene too. And I think that's a, that's a great well-written scene. And you can see, I, I can see why this movie is, it was uh, nominated for screenplay because there's just so many, you know, kind of adapted screenplay, I should say. There's just so many things in it that um, stand out for me as opposed to, I mean, even uh, like I said, miles, um, you know, and even the girlfriend's role, which isn't, which is small. Um, you know, I'm forgetting the actress's name off the top of my head, but she they have that good cafe scene with oh, that's Miles a, when he's like that's Melissa Benoist. She's the the woman that plays uh Supergirl in the Supergirl oh, okay. TV show. Yeah. There you go. There you go. So um, but yeah, so I think there's other moments in it that you can pick and pull out of it. But yes, the heart of the movie doesn't work if JK Simmons isn't in that role. Um, you know, but I don't know. You know, the, we could play the what if game all we want. So, so Greg, I'll throw it back to you to discuss more uh, about the movie. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, we just had a, a really intense discussion about JK. And uh, one of the things that I loved was just his constant intensity, you know, not to dive too deep back into that because you guys pretty well covered that ground. But um, he cranked it up to an 11. And other than like maybe one or two scenes, he was at that pretty much the full movie and it doesn't come across as hammy it comes across as like fully realistic yet threatening and convincing so uh you know kudos to him um i had a note also on i i didn't quite understand what his obsession was seemingly with the drums because he gives Mm. a lot of crap to everybody but it seems like he's really been out of shape about the drums. Like that's where, and I don't know if maybe it's because with it being, um, you know, rhythm, I know it's not, uh, I don't believe uh, what drums are percussion, right? That's I'm not a music major folks. Um, So it's, uh, it's the percussion, it's the percussion section, but it, uh, it, it basically the drums, you know, I get that it's kind of like the spine of any type of music uh, where it provides a beat for the rest of the things, uh, the rest of the instruments to keep time to. I get that, but it just he seems Fletcher seems to be really obsessed with the drums for some reason. Now, I guess later we kind of find out that it, it was because he was trying to push my my interpretation was he was trying to push. Andrew into becoming the next Mm. great um, and he kind of hints at that but you don't really know if that's just a BS line or if that was his actual motivation and he's just you know a psychopath Um, so I don't know but it it just seems like he gives more crap to the drums than any of the rest of the sections Uh, I had a note also Andrew is not like a muscle (laughs) and uh, I know that that 
might not make sense at first, but you know, when you work out muscles, uh, you break them down and then you give them rest and they build back up. But here, Andrew's just constantly under pressure and constantly being broken down. And he doesn't have that time to build back up and become better. You see, like he, he does seemingly make progress with his technique and his skills in the movie, but um, it's just, mentally he 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 keeps getting broken down without any time to recuperate and recover and and kind of uh take that time for himself and uh it really play uh takes a toll on him and kind of plays a part in some events that happen later um so we get into the whole you know car accident scene which (laughs) kind of plays into what i was just talking about where he becomes so uh so like mindless and so much of a drone that all that yeah. matters to him is is making that uh that concert um that you know he gets into a, a pretty scary car wreck and uh all he's worried about is getting back to the concert and playing despite you know his own health being on the line then he attacks uh Fletcher and you know things go haywire after that so fast forward a little bit and uh Andrew finds Fletcher at a jazz cafe then they decide to sit down and have uh, some tea or coffee or something after. And um, it, that scene was really interesting to me. I really enjoyed it um, because you're looking at it. And even though you can't forgive uh, the stuff that you've seen from Fletcher up to this point, uh, it's seeing him in this relaxed setting where he's, he's away from his source of power, him, him being in control. Um, yeah. It's more, it comes across more sad, I guess, uh, or maybe not sad, but pathetic. Uh, and you really see them, both Andrew and Fletcher, as like two misguided souls. Uh, you know, Andrew is somebody who he's being tempted again. And, you know, he want, he's getting reeled back into that life. And, uh, and uh, he just can't break away from Fletcher's oppression, no matter what he does. He, Fletcher is in his mind living rent free and uh and you know uh, andrew is determined that this is the the way this is the only path to being the best so i have to follow what he says and, and take any opportunity he offers on the flip side of that you've got fletcher and he's he's just very um like i said you know he he's not in his seat of power anymore where he's uh you know leading this group at this prestigious academy he's just seemingly playing odd jobs uh, at cafes and then hey let me throw out the line i've got i happen to have this concert coming up and you know i'd love for you to play but he goes through his whole motivation and this is where he talks about you know the reason i push so hard is because uh i was just trying to create the next great you know i i was misunderstood and i didn't want to harm anyone blah 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 you know it's just it's a line of BS, but I thought it was a, an interesting look into the mindset of both characters, even though um, you can, you can see it in the acting and you can kind of read between the lines there uh, for what was being said versus, you know, with, with the actual dialogue was, this is very, very interesting scene. Uh, and then we get to the final concert and uh, <laughs> Uh, of course, Andrew decides to uh, join and play the drums and Simmons comes over to him right before the concert's about to start 
and uh, he has some choice words for him, including, yeah. I know it was you, uh, meaning he knows that Andrew was the one that cost him his job. And boy, when he said that, I like my blood went cold. I'm getting goosebumps now. Like it just <laughs> shivers up the spine because it's like, oh, God, he knows what is he about to do? And uh, sure enough, he finds a way to try uh, to screw with uh, Andrew and really make him look like a fool. Um, very, very uh, uh, riveting um, moment there and line. Uh, very pivotal. Uh that's all I've got for now. I have some additional thoughts about the end of the movie and, and everything, but uh, what did you guys think about any of this stuff? Um, going back to what we previously said about the Godfather stuff, like mm-hmm. I, I, one of my favorite lines in this movie is when he says like, it's two of the worst words in the English language are good job, mm. which I think is like so great, but I've seen that on like Goodfellas pictures and like I'm not lying where I'm like, oh my god. Like that that is the perfect example of like the motivational quote that pops up on my Facebook every once in a while. Um I I, I did like that scene, like you said, it like it kind of brings him down to like somewhat of a human level for a little bit. Um and you know, they're talking outside of uh, you know his professional like state, and they're just kind of like, you know, I think I think you said that they're like equals basically. Um, so I thought that was a really cool scene to put in there. Um, but I mean, the guy is like a psychopath. Um, he's like a psychopath, sociopath, whatever you want to call him. He's an absolute maniac. Um, so, but I, I did like that. I always liked that scene. Cause I feel like it kind of, it threw you a curveball to think like, like every time you see Simmons on screen or Fletcher, he's just like, just hurling insults, hurling chairs at people. And I think this is like the first time in the movie that you're like, all right, well, Oh, maybe he's reformed. Yeah. Like, is this, this is, and this is where like, and I guess I can, I'll take back my statement in terms of the story where you think, you know, where it's going, where it's like, all right, are these two going to be like on the same page going forward? Like, are they going to perform together? Like in the con and like everything goes great. And then, I mean, it turns out that no, like he's just, you know, he's always going to be that nutty. And, um, which I think is great. Now I agree with that one line where he said, like, I knew it was you. I'm like, uh oh. I remember like, so I'm like, like it's not going to be well, go well for him. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll throw it over to Harry because I think like once once we touch on the ending, I'll probably have a little more to say. But um, yeah, Harry, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, Greg, you you mentioned a point about like his obsession with drums. And I think he saw potential like, I, I mean, obviously, the main focus of the movie is Miles Teller's, Teller's character who plays drums. Um, and I think he probably looked at it like kind of like a sports team. It's like, all right, like if we're going to do anything special here, it's going to be for my drummer. And how do I get the best out of my drummer? And it's by doing this or previous things that he's probably done to other students, students to get them to perform well. So bringing back, um, you know, uh, I, he definitely stole the book uh, from the who I forget the kid's name of the lead drummer uh, before Teller takes over main chair. Oh, yeah. But like he definitely steals the book for it to put Miles there, then only to bring him back. And the uh, the guy who was ahead of Miles in JV uh, drumming, for lack of a better term. Connolly. Um, yeah. To then have them all compete in like a five hour end game situation on it um, and just. 
the absolute, you know, hell for lack of a better word that he puts, uh, you know, miles through and, you know, you watch that scene and I, I didn't really expect it. Um, the movie to take that turn where it's like, Oh, Simmons gets fired. He's kicked out of school. Where are we going now? Is, shouldn't this movie like be over? Or I thought we'd at least get some, you know, culmination here. And then you see these two go down to the cafe and you think it's like, this is the moment, you know, both of them, like you said, lost souls, Greg, who just kind of look at each other and say, you know, we both did wrong. You know, I probably could have been a better teacher. You know, I probably, I honestly, I don't think miles does too much wrong. So I don't know why I'm thinking he needs to apologize. Um, and then they're going to go into the sunset and like play, you know, a show together and like, yeah, this is great. And, um, you know, I look at that scene now and I look at it as like a drug addict and like JK Simmons is the drug. And it's like, he like tellers looking at it, just licking his lips. Like, yes, like keep feeding it to me. Like, how can I take you? And like, he ends up doing the drug and going to the concert and just totally being, uh, yeah, that, that scene, I remember watching that in the theater and just, you know, like, you don't, you don't have subtitles. So like, you know, part of it is like, I don't even know. Cause Simmons goes off and curses. There's a lot of cursing from Simmons in this, in this role. Mm-hmm. Um, and he goes off and curses at him and you're kind of, you, you see the face and this is where the editing is so crucial. Like it doesn't cut to JK Simmons saying that to him. It stays on Teller's face. And you see Teller's face just sink and go, what, what, what are you talking about? And he's like, I knew it was you. And then it flips back to Teller and he's just like a ghost, mm-hmm. you know? And he's like, like you said, what am I gotten myself into? So um, yeah, it's just, it, it deals with like addiction and obsession and just, you know, how, how it, uh, how far can it go? And there's so much manipulation um, and yeah, the, the pure evil that is, uh, upswinging, uh, the song that, uh, they eventually want to play, um, but Teller doesn't know. Cause I think he convinced him. He's like, yeah, we're getting caravan. We're going to, yeah. we're going to find caravan and whiplash and we're going to do it for real. Um, and yeah, so, um, but yeah, man, yeah, it real, he's excited. Like, <laughs> that's where I feel like the movie does a really good job of pulling at the ideas of it and showing it on screen. And like, it's doing like not a lot of just like telling us this, it's showing us, you know, the feelings that we're meant to feel or the ideas behind the movie. And it has that through line for it. But Greg, let's talk a little bit about the ending here. And, um, you know, uh, we have different thoughts on it, but um, this, this definitely was, you know, just to set it up for the folks at home. If if you've seen the movie, I don't know if you knew, but Damien Giselle and uh, I believe JK Simmons talked about the ending um, and that they were, they weren't, they weren't like uh, both of them, like, like the, the argument of just having an open ending like this. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, tell, tell us your thoughts, G man. Well, so the interesting thing is I had this issue with, all right, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to get to the ending just yet. I'll, I'll oh. build up to it. But, oh, uh, Keep so it on, a, on their toes. Um, so yeah, like Harry said, uh, you know, what happens in the movie is, um, the Simmons Simmons character Fletcher um, decides to change up the song to a, a song that uh, that Andrew uh, has never played before, never learned. Yeah. So he's Isn't really familiar with. Yeah, he's not familiar with. So he's really put on the spot after he basically makes a fool of himself because he can't keep up. I mean, he's, he doesn't know the song. Um, they take a break and he he goes off stage. He's about to leave. And he hugs his dad and then he decides to turn around and go back. And at this point, 
after everything that happened, this was just like the final straw for me where I'm like, you know, this, this cycle of abuse is just gross to watch. Yeah. Like it just, you know, he, it's like you said, Harris, you know, he, his, this combination, the sick combination in um, Andrew's head of craving Fletcher's approval mixed with wanting to be the best. Uh, yeah. It just, it, overrides all logic and all sense of well-being uh in terms of like mental health and even physical health really at, at different points oh, in the yeah. movie so it's just it it this was like the the straw that broke the camel's back for me i just like i was like dude like i don't care like you know it's just you're you're well, harming yourself you know it goes it goes back to that charlie parker scene when he's having that argument with um the two uh the two kids and he's basically like, I'd rather be dead at 35 and like talked about at dinner and like known as like the greatest musician of the 20th century or whatever the line was. Right. Um, then, you know, at 90 and like living my life out. So like there is a part of him that wants this. Do you know what I mean? Like right. that. But like you don't know if he wants this because that's what, you know, Simmons is put in his head per se. You know, there's a lot of manipulation when when he tells a story, you know, I'll even go back to it, too. And that's why, for me, I like the ending and I like where it goes, because even though it is a vicious circle, it's so well committed to where it's like even the beginning when he like Simmons first comes to him and he's like, hey, just do your best. You know, what was your mother like? What was your father like? And then absolutely goes after him and uses those things that Simmons told him in private that he told Simmons in private to just rail on him and just like make him feel less than anything and still come back for it. And it's like, you know, is that, you know, where, where does the line draw between, is this something that I want as opposed to, am I like just in the obsessive of like, I need this, you know, is it, I want it or I need, like I need it and I want it. Or is it like something that like will make me happy, but go, go ahead. Sorry to cut you off. No, it's all good. So, uh, you know, uh, Andrew's character, Andrew, um, comes back. He, uh, tells him to play. Is it caravan? I think that was the one they chose. Yeah. They choose yeah. Whiplash. They went with caravan, right? Yeah. Caravan. Yeah. He uh, says, I'll cue you in. Yeah. Caravan. So then he plays caravan. He kills it. And then he does an absolutely insane drum solo. Uh, totally loved it. And, um, the editing and the the sound, you know, in the scene, all mm-hmm. fantastic. Uh, the direction that, you know, the, the shots that they went with, uh, just super well done. Really, really well done. And this is the scene where I guess uh, he gets <laughs> Simmons approval uh, or Fletcher's approval, I should say. Um, and, you know, then the it the ending just happens. It just cuts off there. And uh, <laughs> I was. Yeah, I was watching I was watching this with my wife and her reaction was that's it. I stayed up for this. <laughs> uh and I kind of agree with her, you know. I was I was mm. super disappointed in it because yes, okay, so you get the sense that maybe he won uh Simmons approval and maybe he's on his way to being the best, but like there's there's no real resolution there. Is he going to stay trapped in this and the cycle of seeking approval and not being able to get out from under uh, Fletcher's thumb or, you know, is, is Andrew going to break that yoke? Does he go off on his own and, and make something of himself? Like it's just, it, it left me very feeling very empty because I, I invested into this character and wanting to see him break away and escape. And 
I don't get the sense that he did, but you don't know because it's just, it, it doesn't show anything after that concert. It's just, here's yeah. the performance and that's it. Um, I thought it was a really, not a, a bad way to end the movie. I just, I didn't, it wasn't for me, you know, mm. I, and it doesn't erase what the rest of the movie did. The rest of the movie I thought was, uh, was pretty spectacular, but I, I admit I would have rated this movie slightly higher had it had a better ending. So I don't know. That's, that's my thoughts on it. Hans, what did you think about the ending? I agree. I think I might've been in the same boat where like after it ends, I'm just like, Oh, we're not going to wrap, wrap this story up because it's like, yeah, I, I, I love the whole, like the drum solo and that, that whole sequence at the end, like the editing was great. Um, I thought that fit really, really well into it. And you're, and I felt the same as you. I'm like, all right, well, now Fletcher's going to like, they, they seem to have each other's respect or Fletcher's noticing like how skilled he is. And, you know, like this is his true potential, but now what? Like after they leave that, like now this is going to be something that like you, you watch Andrew perform and it's just like, he's taking every like ounce of energy and every like bit of skill that he has to just perform that. Now what happens if he doesn't perform up to that, task the next show then fletcher's gonna lose his absolute mind again and it just like yeah who knows if there is a next show you know i do do you think they both would just like call it quits they like the peyton manning where they win the championship and they're just like i'm out i mean if if this plays out in my head based on what we saw i don't think this this concert earns uh andrew any job i think he still somehow stays with uh fletcher and fletcher constantly moves the goalposts and i think it just continues that way ad nauseum until fletcher dies and in the end andrew has never (laughs) become the best at what he is because he was constantly seeking approval rather than focusing on you know being himself and and doing the best the sequels are more action the sequels are more action-packed one where uh andrew kills (laughs) Fletcher with drumsticks. <laughs> I mean, just yeah, but, in the head. but that's just how I, I interpret it. But I, I don't I don't know. You, you don't even get that much. So I, I, I would have loved to see like I, and when I when I rewatched it, I, I would have loved to have seen um, like even if Andrew like stood up and like just threw the drumsticks at him and just walked away. Like I think right. that would have been a, like like at right. least there were like there was no resolution to this story. Yeah. And I, I think like like I, like that makes me think like out of all of that, like Andrew went through, like the, even like, like the, up until the car crash and like everything, like was it worth it? Because yeah. you're, you're looking at, you're looking at uh, just uh, like, however long you're going to stick with Fletcher. Cause he's going to stay with them. Cause Fletcher's going to feed him some baloney that, Oh, you have great potential now. And like, I just well, I think- keep going like till like Fletcher's just going to push him. So that that question, is it worth it? I think in the mind of Andrew, yes, that was definitively answered as yes, it is worth it. Right. Because he he ends up going back. But as a viewer Mm -hmm. saying, was it worth it to get this invested in him when we don't get an answer? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I don't I don't think getting an answer like I think we get the answer there is like he goes to hug his dad and you're like, well, like he, he was beat, you know, and, you know, it's okay to lose to a psycho a psycho like this. But it's like he goes in and basically kills himself like or like overdoses, like, you know, use my drug analogy again, where it's like, yeah, he's basically committed 100 percent to this life, in, in my opinion. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, I think he just, he's gone at this point. He, he's a lost, you know, he, he is a lost soul, as you mentioned, Greg. Um, and, you know, for me, it's like, I'm not agreeing with that. Like I would have probably ch- chalked it after the first performance when he made me cry and been like, I'll go with my girlfriend on dates to <laughs> movies and like get pizza um, that and work at a restaurant. That sounds good for me. Um, but like, yeah, you know, he definitely takes it too far and just, he has Andrew there to just go on the ride with him. And I think that like seals it for me, even though it is left open-ended, but it's like that nod there is like, just, you know, I gotcha. You know, his hooks are in um, and he's not quitting this anytime soon. I mean, he even invites his girlfriend back to see the performance. His dad's there, you know, Oh man. Um, play just play the, rock band. There's a lot less stress and it's the same. Like, yeah, exactly. Same out of it. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I thought the movie had great direction, uh, great performances mm. from Simmons and Teller. Uh, I thought Teller was really good as well. Uh, and, you know, it was tough to watch in parts, but uh, just, enjoyable overall even though it was definitely uh, a high tension movie and it certainly leaves you feeling like a, a muddled ball of stress and uh, and nerves yeah um very good hey man i love it when movies make you feel things other than just that was nice yeah yeah no for sure uh i give it four stars out of five so um hands final thoughts garbage score for um, coming in whatever i'd give it like a three out of five to be mm-hmm. to be fair um i you know take simmons away it probably gets like two and a half um at least for me but i mean i'm just i i just think that i think that's where i'm at with it i don't know maybe uh, if there's a cut somewhere like film it again in in another 19 God. days with someone else and and then ask me what i think and even and even though this is a very basic shoot 19 days is super quick like that's yeah. very impressive, yeah. by the way. Yeah, they couldn't film an ending because they needed twenty days, and they're like, really "That's uh, <laughs> that's Clint Eastwood time." Clint Eastwood is known for coming on set and being like, "We're shooting, we're yeah. done, we got One it." Take dude, like, yep. This, yeah. this baby's fake. Should we should we not try to hide it? Um, shout out American <laughs> Sniper. Um, I gave it uh so originally I gave this movie four stars. Upon revisiting, I gave it four and a half. Um, mm. just Ooh. absolutely. Um, just. You know, like, listen, it doesn't it doesn't, you know, as another movie we're about to talk about soon and some other movies that hopefully we might see tomorrow. Hopefully it's not over bloated. Um, it's a it's a tight 145. It really flies by, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it, it 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 does for me what a lot of movies don't do. And it, it has all the key themes of the movie that it ties in throughout the entire movie. And it doesn't stray from that. And it doesn't try to get too cute or try to be like, oh, JK, you know. I think there's some Disney-fied point of this movie that's probably a little softer, but J.K. Simmons and Miles Teller nodding to each other and respect and hugging it out and being like, well, sorry, we put each other through this. Um, so, so yeah. Um, but, yeah, four and a half out of five for me. Love this movie. Great movie. Okay. Greg, well, is La La Land now on the docket? Oh, it was before. It was, it was know, before this, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's still on the docket for sure. Uh, in Chazelle, I trust based off of this one movie. So, uh, Power, as much as we disagree, I'm so happy that you rewatched it and like got more out of it the second time or the, the last time. You watched it. So, I'm really happy for you. That's cute. I'm happy you revisited it and you felt similar. So, uh, I love you too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, no extra feelings. I just, yep. All right. Well, with that said, we're going to close the book on Whiplash. And, Hans, what did you have for me to watch? 
Uh, so this, I had you watch Blade Runner 2049. Um, sequel, I guess. Yeah, I guess you called it a, yeah, a, yeah, very, sequel. a very late sequel to a um, movie that came out in 1982, Blade Runner with Harrison Ford. And um, Ruck, Jesus, why do I always what, what Rucker Howard? I don't yep, know yeah. what's his name. Is that his name? Yeah, yeah, I always yeah. mess up his last name. Um, that it came out in 1982. Um, that's a very noir movie. Um, and I think that I know with Blade Runner 2049, there was talks for a sequel, like for, I feel like forever. And it, it felt like one of those movies that they kept talking about that was like never really going to get made, and they always want to make a sequel to it. Um, so in 2017, they got uh denis our boy villeneuve who um made a sequel that takes place there basically the same time 30 years after um the original one which took place in 2019 this takes place in 2049 um the world is nothing like the original blade runner as it is (laughs) as it should be um but we get a um you know, we get a good look at how I guess the the world advanced a little bit um in terms of the production of uh replicants um which mm-hmm. they are basically um i don't want to use the word slaves but they're engineered to go off world to like for like a workforce i mean they um, they i think in the movie they even qualify them as like slave labor i think, well, I think, I think they say yeah, as much I, yeah, I think like jared leto says he doesn't want he doesn't like like to call them slaves right yeah he, he calls another, them angels another ter- <laughs> angels that's right um but they're basically like you know they're, they're sent off world to do like to discuss like for discovery work purposes right um so uh you know they also have the definition of blade runner who is hunts down older replicants mm-hmm. who's played by ryan goslin um that's the you know the the quick gist of it um since this was your first time watching it um i'll throw it over to you for your initial thoughts sure so uh let me preface by saying i saw blade runner some version of blade runner i couldn't tell you which because there's like there's apparently like seven there's, different I, edits there's like a final yeah. cut a director's cut it like a director finals cut and, and yeah like, i i don't ultimate know cut it, or something. ultimate cut yeah whatever version was on netflix about one or two years ago that's the one i saw <laughs> it's uh, probably the snyder cut it's probably a snyder yes. cut of it uh so, you know, the original Blade Runner, um, I, I thought it was okay. Uh, I didn't think it, it didn't stand out to me as um, a, a great movie. Um, I could see its significance in terms of the cyberpunk neo-noir aesthetics and, and sci-fi, you know, what it contributed to all of those genres and subgenres. But um, as a, a film itself, I, I, I kind of found it boring. Um, that's just my initial thoughts on, on the original Blade Runner. So I was kind of curious how I would uh, take to the new one. Um, starting off, uh, I thought it was interesting. Um, quick side note before I dive into anything else. Throughout this movie, it, I forget the... Um, what the technical term is, but you know, when, when um, text flashes up and it tells you the location or the, the time frame or whatever on the screen, just yeah. like a, a place setting as it were, I thought the um, font that they used was very ineffective for this. It, I like, mm-hmm. I had to squint to read it. I don't know what it was, yeah. 
It, um, Are you talking about like the opening, the opening dollar? No, nah, not like, e- not even that. But like in general, like it, oh, it would yeah, say, okay, like, yeah. yeah, like during the film, like okay, we're in this location now, and then the the title pops up on yeah. for that location. The the font yeah. that they used was like really thin and small, so it was tough to read. And this is coming from a guy that always watches the movies with subtitles on. So I don't know. I I just thought that was a, a poor choice. I- I remember seeing that in IMAX and it was like really, I mean, it was still pretty big on there, but I even remember trying to like sound it out in my head and read yeah. it and being like, I got no, we're in a new place. Got yeah. it. Or like, yeah. we're back to this original place. I, I don't know if that was done on purpose or design wise, but yeah, it was very, it was a very odd choice. I seem to remember, and maybe I'm just connecting dots that aren't there. I think that they used a similar font style in Dune, but they made it bigger. So it was easy to read. Uh, yeah. But it, it looked kind of similar. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. That was just a, a little observation I had. Uh, so the movie starts off and um, we see Ryan Gosling's character uh, meeting up with Dave Bautista, uh, who plays, uh, I think it was, was it Sapper Moss or something Sa- like that. Sapper, Sapper Morton. Sapper Morton, that's it. Um, Bautista has a very short uh, scene in this. Like his his role is very small, but the time that he had with it, I think I got more out of his performance in this than maybe any other role that he's done. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not Drax, but it's tough to compare Drax because it's like apples to oranges. Like Drax is a comedic role. Whereas this is serious, but, but Bautista, as far as like his serious work in other movies, I I think I got the most out of this and this, it was really good. I wish we would see more of this, uh, uh, version of Bautista in other movies, maybe give him some some more dramatic work uh, expanded. Uh, but I thought he did a really good job here, and the, the scene was interesting. Almost right away, uh, you could tell great cinematography, great atmosphere. Um, which you know, the movie that was the original movie Blade Runner, that was one of the things that that had in spades was atmosphere. So I'm happy to see that uh, Denis kind of brought that to life in this film, also, uh, and you know that that essence of the world transfers over into this. There's, there's continuity in that regard. Um, one of the things I found interesting was uh, uh, this. So, so Kay, uh, Ryan Gosling's character, the main character is a replicant. They don't make any bones about that. You find out that right away. Um, but he gets home and he has like this hologram girlfriend and it's like, well, he's, I mean, look, I, I'm not going to pretend I am super knowledgeable layers, about, yeah, layers. I guess. I mean, I'm not going to pretend I'm super knowledgeable about like the, yeah. the world and universe of Blade Runner. Uh, I do find it a little hard to tell like what the rules are, uh, but like if he's a replicant, like what I don't understand because he acts so robotic. But at the same time, he has this hologram girlfriend and there seems to be like a genuine connection there um, or as genuine as it can be between two artificial beings. But uh, it's just it, it was really strange to me. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, interesting, but strange. Uh, then we get into, I guess, what the main uh, crux of the movie is, which we find out that there was a pregnant replicant and this is when i really got into it yeah like this um 
I thought that was a very interesting hook to the movie. Uh, I mean, everything else prior to this, where you see Kay, you know, just kind of doing his job and, and um, you know, going home and stuff. I, sure. Okay. Typical movie. <laughs> but, but when you tell me that there's an artificial being that has been impregnated and what are the ramifications of that? Uh, that's very interesting to me. Um, those are some initial thoughts. Uh, I'll, I'll break for a second and toss it over to you guys. Uh, Harry, what did you think uh, up to this point in the movie? Yeah, so I do remember being super, super pumped for Blade Runner 2049. Um, wasn't a huge Blade Runner guy. I watched, I think I'm pretty sure I watched Blade Runner in 1982, the 82 for, I didn't watch it in 82. I was going to say, how did you pull that one off? That's, that's Yeah, listen, that's a- time travel, come, come, come <laughs> with. Um, I watched it like pretty close to when this was releasing because I wanted to watch it because in Denny I trust and um I was I was super pumped by the trailers and the look of the movie. And I'm sure, you know, we'll talk more about that. You know, you got Deacons on cinematography, um, just absolutely killing it in this film. Um, But similar to you, Greg, uh, you know, the Blade Runner original, I was like, that was solid. Um, You know, and you you flash back to you try to believe you go, hey, this is post Star Wars 1982, probably helps advance the sci fi franchise. But like, is it a game changer? I think no. But if you want to go with the psychology of like what is human and all those deep questions, yeah, there's definitely a lot more meat on the bone than a Star Wars type of you know sci-fi or even a, even a Dune um, original Dune. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, you talked a little bit about Batista. Um, loved his scene. Um, you know, wish there would have been more. Was upset when the uh, no, no spoiler. Well, spoilers, folks. He bites it in the beginning. Um, so he's kind of out. Uh, really enjoyed that. Um, it was also funny. Um, just side note for the for the folks at home. Um, I tried to watch this movie on HBO Max, and uh, because we had reached the new month, uh, it was gone. Um, so instead of being able to revisit the whole movie, I had to watch clips and uh, I jumped into some explainers because it was like it does get really complicated at the end, at least for me. Uh, five years is it? Five? Wow, I guess it's like four. Five years. Like four, yeah. yeah, four or five years later. I'm trying to remember all the plot details because, you know, one thing I will say about this movie in general is like I remember watching these two and then I don't think I had another Blade Runner conversation um, after or revisitation or was like the law Blade Runner 2049. Is it the missing piece of cinema? (laughs) Um, You know, that's just my opinion in general. But um, yeah, I love leaping into the world again, you know, felt superior, you know, at least with, you know, I obviously shooting in 2017 and 2016 as opposed to 1981. Um, And if, you know, obviously it goes into a more futuristic world. So that's a lot more doable. Um, I didn't mind the K enjoy relationship as much. I just kind of looked at it as like a hierarchy of like there's humans and there's replicants and there's robots, I guess you could pin it or, you know, or holograms, you know, whatever, or um, with that. So I didn't really have too much problems with that. Um, but yeah, like you said, Greg, once it jumps into kind of the meat of the story, which, you know, you could argue maybe doesn't take too long to get there, um, you know, or does it take too long telling that story? Um, but yeah, I'll throw it over to you hands. Cause, uh, this was obviously, you know, this is, I don't want to, I don't want to say I'm the hand ready of this movie. Cause I think I enjoy this, uh, more than you enjoyed whiplash, but, um, yeah, I know, I know your heart, uh, heart beats fondly for, for Blade Runner 2049. All right. 
So I, I'm, you know, I'm, I think when this, this was probably in 2017, my most anticipated movie. Like I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm the biggest fan of Blade Runner, but I did watch it. Pro- I watched it maybe within like probably somewhere in the window of like 2014, 2017. Um, yeah. But so it was like the first time I saw. Um, I, I'm not. I, th- I think like if I had to write down on scale, I'd be like somewhere like a six and a half and seven out of 10. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was okay. Um, but I was like, I just, I, you know, Denis was still somewhat of a newer filmmaker um, with like arrival. He had a couple like prisoners. He had a couple other movies that were out there. And I think that the fact that they gave him like this, I don't want to say a big, it's not a franchise. It's a sequel to one movie, but they have like other content. I think that they um, giving him like this big project. I was like really excited for Cause I think, you know, yeah. he, he, if they if they want to like bring this back and re-envision it, um, he'd be like perfect for it. Um, I, I, I was extremely excited for, for this. Um, when I saw it, I think at that time, like I, my initial thing was like, after I stood on it for a couple of days, I was like, you know what? I think out of science fiction movies that I've seen in the past, like 10 years, this is probably my favorite. Um, but that's initial reaction. So now I kind of look at it as. I still think it's like if I had to like rank it now, like no one, I'd still I'd go like eight and a half, nine. Like I absolutely love 2049. Um, now, like Batista, like I think opening with that scene, that's one of if I like top three favorite scenes in a movie. I, I love Batista as an actor. Like I've seen him and stuff like outside of the goofy stuff that he does, like outside of Marvel. And I actually was looking up Batista some of the work. stuff he did. He was in an episode of Smallville. And um, I'm like, yeah, he played like a Phantom Zone escapee. I'm like, That's okay, right. it, yeah, I didn't, know, I didn't know that. Like, mm-hmm. I, this was what 20 years ago. Um, but I think like with this and um, a couple other stuff, like roles that he did, like even like Dune, um, he plays like I think he's a, a great serious character. Like, a, like he can play a great serious character. I'm just mad that he wasn't in this a long time, like five minutes. Um, you know, I, I it's it really. Just to show, like, I, I think that, and Harry pointed this out, like, there's a lot in this movie, like, a lot. And just to, like, compare it, this is three hours long. The original was, like, an hour and 55 minutes. So there's, like, an hour extra of stuff that, like, they, for some reason, needed to include. And Let's get the you know, five-hour cut. Oh my god! Like I'm I good. actually, I, I have, <laughs> like, I have the Blu-ray here, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it's probably like deleted scenes. And I'll check it, you know, and it's probably got to be at least like, a, like maybe like a three oh, and a half, four hour another, cut. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I love the world of Blade Runner and I think like, I like it more in 2049. I think it's kind of, it's explained a little more. And I think that like having the original as a reference, I think going to do that. And I think Denis really expanded on something that like they had so much potential back to like, if they wanted to do another Blade Runner, they probably could have uh, like a couple of years after to kind of like stay on that, that hype. Mm. um but you know i i think that um going into the story i think the the storyline with joy was fine like i think that it was interesting it reminded me of her um that we talked about last week or last episode oh, okay. because it's very like falling in love with artificial intelligence but like he's ai like a case character's ai so it's like a little different on it um i i think they i think that he like her character is just there to make him feel human and have some kind of, but you, you can tell like, there's definitely like he, he, they both know of each other's existence as AI. It's, they know it's not real. Um, but I think that's, he's trying, like they probably set up for him to be, feel at least as human as possible without, 
you know, having him in control where he can basically turn her off and on at any time. Um, but I thought it was, I thought it was cool. I liked the Like, you know, some of the scenes where like they basically made her uh, a solid where she was like, basically had matter to her, like in the rain mm. scene. I thought that was really cool. Um, and then the really weird scene where they, you know, the, the, um, I guess it's the sex scene they have where she's like programming her body into that, uh, that woman. Yeah. Uh, um, I, the way that I read that was they, she, I mean, a hologram is basically a projection, right? So she right. she just kind of like yeah. mapped herself onto the skin, yeah. like overlaid it, you know? Yeah. Cause you could see her face, but then like when she's moving her arms, you could right. see them like echo. And it's, I thought, I thought that, I thought how that was done was like really cool. And I think the relationship was, was nice. And, you know, I, it set up, I, I don't want to say stakes for Ryan Gosling's character, but once, um, you know, love kills her or steps on the projection it, you know, he, he doesn't do anything, but she says like, I love you right before he it gets crushed. So like, she was a little more of aware of her existence than he was, than, mm. than Kay was. Um, but I think that I, you could have taken that out. You maybe could have shortened it up about five, 10 minutes maybe. And just uh, like cut a little more off of that. Um, but it was, it was okay. I, Ana de Armas, like she's, she's great. Um, I Ana think de Armas. Her, she was one, this is one of her first movies, I believe. Um, so she's kind of becoming a little, little bit of a, a big name coming in uh, the newest James Bond. So was she in, um, that other one too, with, uh, that James Gunn did the, Oh my God. I can't remember the movie knives out. Was that her? That was, that was Ryan that Johnson. You're all over. Yeah. Ryan I'm Johnson. Like, what are you oh talking about? James Gunn. Yes. Um, was yeah, that she, she was, yeah, she was the star of that. She was, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Um, sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry if I just, I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a James Gunn uh, knives out though. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I just finished peacemaker. So I think I'm just like <laughs> on that James Gunn hype. So, um, but yeah, I, I, but I, I think like overall, like you take that out, um, you know, once they get into the, the storyline of the baby, um, you've really like, they, they start throwing curveballs at you because it's the exact, like, I think the first movie they're like still people still movies at this point, 35, 40 years old, people are still talking about like, is Deckard a replicant is like, yeah. where's all the proof of whatnot. And depends which version you watched. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like what, like the, like Ridley Scott's like, Oh no, he's not. But then like, a writer will be like, no, nah, he is like, it's fine. Like believe us. And it's just all over the place. Um, but I think that's cool to like to introduce the fact that like Rachel was like, she was a replicant and, you know, there was a story for them after the original blade runner that, um, you know, through this movie, you think that K is the child, which I thought they did great at, because I think people going into it, were thinking, you know, with the way Harrison Ford, just like, he just shows up in his old movies and someone's related to him like he has a kid in all these movies and that that seems to be the way to go with harrison ford nowadays is just bring him back in an old movie and give him a kid um so i think a lot of people were expecting you know ryan Gosling, but then you find out you know once we get towards the end like the the kind of um the twist there um no i mean i i, th- I thought the story was like really well done but there were pieces like i agree there was this movie was stuffed with a lot and you don't necessarily you could take out a good chunk of like a half hour of this movie and it would still be the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, any other points, Greg? Yeah. So, um, you know, you kind of touched on it with uh, big curveballs being thrown. And, you know, one of those is uh, Kay and, and his role. And, you know, is he the child? Uh, and, you know, one of the things that that leads us to think that is 
when he finds his toy horse, which has the date on it, um, uh, the same date that he found at the uh, the tree uh, of Rachel's grave. And um, I just I, I remember when I watched this and uh, Kay is like, he's very stoic uh, for most yeah. of the movie. And I I'm assuming that's because he's a replicant. Um, but I, I was just trying to it was tough to get a read on like what's going through his mind when he finds that toy horse. Like, I mean, the implications of, you know, what he could potentially be, which, you know, they play on in the story are just insane. And uh, he just he I mean, you see him kind of like break down at one point and uh, just kind of go nuts and lose it. But, um, but I think initially when he found that horse, it, it was uh, like, you don't, he, there wasn't really any, any read to be had on him. And I can't tell if that's like just great acting on his part or not great acting or it, it, it was very, I don't know. It was very tough to discern. Um then you had uh fast forwarding a little bit love uh taking out uh robin wright's character uh lieutenant joshi mm. and this was a little confusing to me because i thought the newer replicants couldn't lie i i maybe she was off baseline i don't know this is another one of those things where it's like i don't get the rules here and you know it's i guess it maybe if they had established it more uh because it's been so long since I've seen the original and I don't know, maybe they just assumed that uh, anybody that's coming in has is very familiar with the original and they, they weren't expecting to get new fans, but I don't know. It just, uh, it was confusing to me, but anyway, yeah, love, um, love uh, kills Joshi. And I thought that was a pretty cool death scene, uh, you know, especially yeah. the, the beginning of it when she's crushing the glass into her hand and, you know, basically, uh, asserting her dominance over Joshi. Uh, fast forwarding a little bit again, we get Deckard's intro, uh, which is like two thirds of the way through the movie. Uh, I, I kept wondering, I'm like, when is Harrison going to show up? Is he in this at all? How long is he in it for? Oh, I still have another hour and a half. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure when they released the trailer for it, like the trailer was when he like, I think a lot of the trailer was him going to where like to find Deckard and it's him walking through the building. And I think it's like, Deckard comes out like in the trailer. Deckard comes out. He's like, "What do you want? Out of the Who shadows, are you?" Yeah, and yeah. Like, that's, and that's, that's the trailer. Cuts, so yeah. you're like, "Yeah, I agree." You're thinking like, "Meh." He'll show up like thirty minutes, forty five minutes, and it's just like, "Nah, man, he's he's in it for the final act of the movie." Yeah, like this is legit. It. Like two hours in. Um, yeah. Thoughts on Harrison? I just look. This is this is a hot take. Um, I love Harrison Ford. I don't know that I need to see him anymore. Granted, I did not see Call of the Wild, but basing his performances off of this and, um, you know, his his role in Star Wars, uh, the, the new uh, trilogy, he just seems to have like one mode of acting, which is grumble, 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 grumble. And and like, that's it. Like he 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 seems to play not the same type of character, but he he plays the characters the same way. And it's like, yeah. I don't like I don't need to see this old guy just grumbling. I love everything that he's done in the past um, that I've seen anyway. I, I respect the hell out of him. I just. If he's just taking these for money, like 
stop. You've got money. Like you don't need to do this. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I was less than impressed with him. Uh, he has, so that was his intro. And then he has this fight scene with, uh, Kay and, um, uh, the fight scene itself was, or I should say the setting of the fight scene was pretty cool where you're in a, like a Vegas lounge with holograms of like, uh, Marilyn Monroe and Elvis and all this stuff. And the, the music is cutting off cause it's faulty. So I thought that was really well done. The setting was very cool. Um, Kay obviously would overpower Deckard with Kay being a replicant and, uh, Deckard, uh, being an aged human. Um, but is he a replicant. Yeah, or or is he a replicant? Uh, or is he half? Is he halfy? And like you know, like you know, whatever, whatever. Writer. <laughs> I don't remember that term in the movie. <laughs> He's a halfy. Get him. But there was, <laughs> and and I know Kay was not trying to fight back. He he, you know, he was there to question Deckard, not to yeah. injure him or, or hurt him or anything. But there, there was a sequence where Deckard just keeps throwing punch after punch after punch, and it's like. All right, you see this guy's not fighting back. Like, at what point do you determine he's not an immediate threat to me or, like, he's not here to, to cause me harm? And he just keeps punching him. And it's like, I don't, what, I don't understand why you keep going after K at this point. And along those lines, again, and, you know, maybe this is the rules of it, but K's, K's sitting at the bar after that fight and he's icing his head. And it's like, why is he doing that? Is uh, my take on it was that he was he was trying to pretend to be human. Um, so Deckard didn't understand or, or know that he was a replicant. But I don't know for sure. I, like it, it could just, be a setting where it's like, hey, I to make this human feel more comfortable, I need to put ice on my head or you know whatever. I um, guess, yeah. yeah. It's just I don't know. It was it was a strange thing. Um. Then we fast forward some more. We're uh, we're <laughs> to the ending. Um, they have a uh, da, 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 da. oh I well so one of the things uh, I noticed um, about the the movie in general is uh, it has a very Vangelis esque score, which is cool. Vangelis did the score for the original movie, and Hans Zimmer and someone else did the score for this. Uh, it was uh, co scored. But uh, Hans, Bobby, yes, oh, Hans was all over this, especially with the. <laughs> How do you do everything? But yeah, well, he does everything pretty much now. Oh, I yeah. feel like there's like three or four major composers in Hollywood nowadays, and that's it. Um, did you know, like, if, uh, just if the movie's fun, good, a, if the movie's good. Fun yeah. fact: I'm pretty sure he did the music for like a League of Their Own. But like, if you look at music from that, and it's like, then you look at like Blade Runner. It's like they're playing like real soft music and fun music. You, and you and, know what happened in then, a League of Their Own? He threw in those those high bongs, and they were like, "Listen, it's it's a sports <laughs> yeah. inspirational movie." He's like, "I'll turn yeah. it down." Fine. Like, look, we wanted this is good. Do Don't league, know if it's yeah. the right tempo. Not my. Tempo. We want to do a league, Not a movie tempo. about uh, the first women's baseball league. I got the perfect thing. Like, oh. <laughs> no, 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 never mind, never mind. We'll just. Uh, no. Uh, but v- the only thing I wish, like, so there was definitely some connective tissue there between yeah, the yeah, scores, yeah, but, um, I wish that it had a little more blues in it, kind of the way mm. that Vangelis's did for, uh, the original Blade Runner. That being said, the original Blade Runner was much more of a noir movie where blues make <laughs> yeah. sense, whereas this is less noir 
uh, a lot less noir. And so it doesn't really make sense to have that as much, but it was interesting to see the, the similar motifs in the score. So I, I appreciate Zimmer uh, stretching to do that. Um, anyway, uh, moving on, we have a, uh, a fight scene at the end um, that is uh, pretty cool between love and Deckard and uh, well, not so much Deckard, but um, uh, love and uh, Kay. And I thought that was really well done. Uh, interesting setting and um, uh, very intense. And you kind of see some of that, jealousy in love uh of Kay. um she kind of yeah. says hey I'm, I'm the favorite one or i was always the favorite something along those lines um because she thinks that uh uh i don't i don't know i guess she she thinks um leto's character which i didn't even talk about leto yet all right let me talk about leto in a second <laughs> um i uh she thinks leto's character i guess uh see something special in K because he's the one hunting the child or could potentially be the child. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Leto, uh, his character is very interesting. He's not in this movie a ton. Uh, no. he, I forget. Um, Nyander Wallace. That's, that's like his character's name. Uh, and he plays kind of like the, um, the CEO of the, the company or the owner founder, all those things of the company that makes the, the current version of the replicants. Uh, and he, his motivation is wanting to increase replicant production uh, he, so that they can colonize off-world and I guess so he can write his name in the history books. His yeah. motivation for wanting to colonize doesn't really, they don't really say. Um, he He's very uh, psychotic, but in a serene way. Uh, you know, you never, much like the replicants, you don't get a good read on what is going through his mind until you actually see what actions he takes. Um, yeah. So it was interesting. And I, the other thing, too, is I, was he blind or were those just implants in his eyes? I couldn't figure that out. I think they were probably like implants because it just like he, he, I feel like he that could would be my see, interpretation. Yeah, he could see okay. like what was going on. Um, I just or some enhancement, maybe not even like maybe yeah. just a I can see everything or I can do, you know, right. kind of like a Google Glass situation where it's like it, the it really cool like context. he was it seemed like he was never making eye contact with characters, but yeah. that could just be because he's a strange dude. You're not not necessarily yeah. because he's blind. So I don't know. That was it was strange. I liked his wardrobe. Uh, <laughs> uh, which you know isn't something that we bring up, but he he kind of has kind of like a uh, uh, Japanese robe style that he wears. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know his performance. Sure, it was okay. I guess nothing. It's just it, similar to Ryan Gosling's K. Everybody is so restrained in their performances, at least uh, the replicants anyway, and and Leto's character Wallace. Um, it's tough to say whether that's a really good job acting or just, you know, being blank and not and expressionless. Um, so, and he wasn't in the movie a ton and he doesn't really factor into the ending either. So it's just, this kind of leads into a point that I'll touch on in a bit, but I'll, I'll revisit that. Um, then we have the open-ended ending. Uh, there's just a lot of questions here. And, you know, I know we talked <laughs> about Whiplash being open-ended. I felt this was much more open-ended. And I, I did Disliked not like it even more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I did not like that. Uh, so you get Kay 
collapsing on the steps. Does he die? Who knows? He just, he could be resting. I don't know. Uh, does Staline know who she is? Does she go out and reveal herself to the world? I mean, I know she's kind of in the bubble, so she can't, but you know, she could be the game changer, the savior for the, the replicant race, if you will. Yeah. Uh, or does she just stay in the bubble and, you know, she's there for the rest of her life. Is there a replicant revolution? Wallace is foiled, you know, or his plan is foiled to, to find the yeah. child. We never see from him. That's it. I mean, it's, it's just, there's so much here. And like, I get, I don't know. I don't need everything wrapped up in a tiny little bow, like a child for me. But at the same time, if I spend a significant amount of time investing in characters, I like to get some resolution and like, sure. We found out the mystery of who the child was with that being Staline, but like, we don't get any resolution for any of this stuff. We don't even know if the characters survive. Uh, we don't know what Wallace's next steps are. The, the whole point of finding this child is so that we find out, you know, what, what is going to come of this? Is she going to yeah. step out? We don't know. I mean, so what, what did I just watch? What's the point of it? I've got some other thoughts um, that I'll touch on afterwards, but I'm going to toss it back to you guys. Uh, Harold, what are your takes on this? This yeah, whole second I mean, half of the movie. Yeah, listen, I think you're going to have to wait another 35 years to uh, <laughs> to figure it out um, for Blade Runner uh, 2021. I guess we'll, we'll go with it. Um, no, but um, I, I have a, I have a deep feeling on this movie and and what I thought would have worked for this movie. But I'll, I'll save that up until we wrap. But yeah, I mean, the second half of this movie, I mean, this is, I think, you know, kind of the problem that like I not I don't I don't want to like like bash on the movie because I enjoy it. I think bringing in Harrison Ford, like in bringing in the, I guess, original and like the storyline of the original, I think they do a really good job of not making that feel too much or relying on it too much. I feel like it's just kind of hinted at and kind of used to help the story. Um, so kudos to them for that. Again, like you said, Harrison Ford, go ahead, oh, Greg. Real, real quick before I forget, I do want to say though, the scene where they bring in, um, I guess a new Rachel to tempt him. I yeah. really liked that scene. And he was yeah. like, she had green eyes and just, you know, you see the tears on his face and everything. I thought that yeah. was really good. The, C the yeah. CGI on that is like, is perfect because it looked yeah. like, cause I, and I thought like maybe they did that because Sean Young had died and I like, like looked her up. She didn't mm. like, at the, this was when the movie came out. Um, I was like, why didn't they just use her? But like, Hey, they're using an original Rachel. And I thought like the way that they like did the CG on that was like, was at like it looked yeah. like it came right from out of the original movie so apparently sure. I, I read somewhere i mean an in internet internet garbage uh somewhere out there um that it took a year before uh the movie to like film that or to like get that right um, wow. for it so they spent a lot of time on it which you know kudos to them as you guys mentioned anyway um, sorry to you know yeah no harrison ford i mean again I'm, I'm with you greg like that charm that he used to have you know, and hey, listen, if you're just doing it for the paycheck or you're doing it because you think you're your way of just being the, the macho bravado guy is like the way to go. But like, I think people love Harrison Ford because of the charm. Um, so maybe try to turn that on and have more than a, you know, two minute conversation with somebody. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I think when him and um, in K sit down, you know, Deckard and K sit down, I think is, is pretty OK. But like you said, Greg, it's a lot of. Um, 
you know, uh, there for that. Um, and then, yeah, just, uh, you know, the, the whole love kind of, kind of section of it when, when they get to the big fight there, I, I thought that was, uh, again, I would agree with you. Well done. Um, yeah. And then we do lead to this whole kind of point, um, you know, uh, at the two hour and 40 minute mark where we're, we're, we get to the end and it's like, Oh, you're gonna, you're gonna meet your, your daughter for the first time. Um, okay. Like we're just gonna, we're gonna have Kay look up to the sky and we're gonna hit the road, everybody, um, you know, for it. And, uh, so I'll, so I'll toss it over to hands, um, before I get to my final point of, of what I think, uh, this movie is missing, um, for it, but yeah, it, it does become this, this, this whole kind of when I think once we get to the Harrison Ford or, or Deckard section, um, this is where the movie, I think for me feels like, Oh man, we're, we're, we're going, we're going to continue this story now. And that whole fight scene, while it is cool, it does become a, like, what are we doing? Where are we going? Oh, they're trying Oh, Wallace is, you know, involved or whatever. And it's like, Oh, okay. Um, you know, we'll go from there, but hands, what, what are your, uh, what are your thoughts on it? Um, I think bringing Harrison Ford back, I, I, I would, I, I know why they did it because probably just to bank on everyone who saw the, well, everybody know, wanted the answer. Years is he ago. a replicant exactly. or not? Yeah. <laughs> Which they still didn't answer. Um, exactly. You're right. <laughs> um, but uh, that's all right. In, a, in like 10 years, we're going to get like the ultimate Snyder cut on this and then we'll figure out if he's a replicant or not. Can't wait. Um, <laughs> I, I, on Harrison Ford note, I, I, I always didn't. <sighs> I always found him to be just like everyone. They're like, he's one of the greatest actors of our generation or a previous generation. I'm like, I don't think so. I think he's okay, but he like, like he doesn't play different characters. Like he's always that gruff. Like I think after air force one is when he like started to play like, <laughs> like that, like you don't like, you have to watch with subtitles because you don't know what he's saying. You just, it even says like grumble on the subtitles. And I think, like, you know, all these movies they're bringing back, like, Indiana Jones 5. Like, they already tried one Indiana Jones. Like, yeah, he was a grumble on that. So, you got that. You got, like, Star Wars, they bring him back. And then I don't even know what other movies they, they could possibly bring him back in. But we got Blade Runner. And I think that, uh, like, I don't, I necessarily didn't need to see him back. I thought his story was wrapped up. I understand that, like, you know, his child is the future of replicants. And, you know, his relationship with Rachel in the first one. You can just touch on that. You can say this is this was Deckard and this was Rachel and they had a baby and maybe show a flashback or something like or like from the first movie. And that's all you had to say. You didn't need to bring him in. Um, I, I think that, you know, I like I mean, I like that they included him, but I didn't need it. Um, I think the fight was really good. I, and what I like about Denis and especially like we, we talked about this when we watched Dune was I love how like small scale he keeps like his final scenes where like, it's not like a big, like this could have led up to like a big replicant, like army fight, like a big battle. And like, just like Dune, it ends with a one-on-one fight on a very small scale. I mean, this necessarily, I wouldn't say is a small scale. Like there, there's, there's consequences behind the fight, but it's just two people go like fighting. Like and and you know Deckard's involved, and I think that they did a really good job with, with um, with the ending of this. Um, I my one of my favorite parts in the movie is um, when and if I say her name wrong, was it, um, I know her first name's Anna. What's it? Steal it or um, the daughter? What's her name? Uh, Celine. I'm pretty. Celine. I, yeah. I I I wanted to say Celine, but I know I, you just said it's Celine. Um, I love that. Like I my favorite 
scene in this movie other than like the batista one is when you first are introduced to her hmm. and you get like i think her whole like monologue and her interaction with um Kay's character is like I, I every time i think of blade runner that's the scene that i think of and that like stuck with me the most like i didn't necessarily hmm. i could have not seen this movie for five years like i'd watch it every couple of years i could have not seen this for five years and that scene like all would always stick with me because i think it's like such a heartbreaking scene and i think that the actress who plays her like, does such a, a great job and I think, and I was actually like kind of excited at the fact that, you know, that Kay is not like, you know, Kay's not the son of Rachel and Deckard. And I think that's such a generic thing to fall on is like, everyone assumes that it's going to be Kay. Kay assumes it's going to be Kay. He thinks it's him. And then when you find out that um, Staline's the daughter, I think that that's a great little twist that they add on. Um, it is a very open-ended um, ending. Um, I, my my thoughts were, and I and I don't have enough research to back this up or any facts, <laughs> is that I think that they wanted to do a lot more with with Blade Runner, and the the domestic box office was not great. Um, it didn't crack a hundred million. It got most of its um, box office overseas. I think it ended just shy of three hundred million, which isn't bad, but I, I think that there wasn't a push for like I I know the marketing was crazy. And I think they wanted, I think they possibly wanted to do a, um, like a sequel to 2049, but I don't think there was enough interest in it. I think it was really relying on either fans of the original or um, like they put Brian Gosselin in to maybe bring in like his crowd. Cause he was like kind of a big name at the time. Um, but I do know is they are doing a TV series called Blade Runner 2099. So we're going to skip 50 years and God knows what the hell happened between then and let's go. So we're going to get more Blade Runner. And would this bit, would this have been better as a TV show? Like, I think so. Like, I think three hours was a lot to dedicate to the story. And I think that you could have led, like, I think if you put this, this same story into like a six episode TV show, I think you would have been able to focus a little more on the story and at least get somewhat of a, I don't want to say a logical conclusion because I think it is too open-ended where there's a lot of, there's a lot of stakes that they build up to, but the minute that it ends with um, Deckard meeting his daughter and that's it, you're like, all right, well, I think that they're going to reveal, I think that he, like, she does come forward and say, like, I think she, I honestly think she's aware of, of who she is and that, that Deckard is her father. Um, and I, I just think that it, I, I think there could have been like another, you could have added, like, you could have taken away some of the joy stuff, some of the Jared Leto stuff, which I think he was fantastic in the role, but you didn't need him in this movie. He was just like just there. I guess you needed a villain presence, but that's what love was for. Right. Um, you could add it like taking like maybe 20 minutes off somewhere else and then put like a 10 minute scene to wrap up the story. Some like at least one part of the story at the end. So I agree that it was too open-ended and not necessarily just with the, the um, Staline and Deckard stuff, but like everything out, like everything they were building towards like of the consequences of this child coming forward. Now it's like, okay, now what now are they going to touch that in, in, in 2099 and just skip, 50 years and start with a new story like are we going to get like like a, a opening crawl or something that says like in 2049 there was a, an uprising like that's what i want to see like i don't want to you know be introduced to a new line of replicants or something right right so yeah. all right uh well final thoughts for me on the movie um you know first of all 
like I mentioned several times, I just I thought it was very difficult trying to figure out the rules of the universe. I think they could have done a better job explaining that. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, you need to be spoon fed everything. I mean, look, when Star Wars came out, people didn't know whether to make heads or tails of it. You know, you don't need mm. to put every thing in there. But yeah. when the story revolves so much around replicants, uh, it's it's tough to discern. Well, OK, so. You know, do they have programming that they need to follow? Is you know, can they show emotion because they all seem not to be able to? I don't know. It's just they could have done a better job with that. Um, Gosling, I th- I thought did well enough as the lead, but again, you know, it's tough to care about someone who is so robotic and cold for most of the movie. You see, after after he goes to uh, Joshi and he's off baseline and you know he says i killed the the person or whatever and lies um after that he starts to show more emotion as as the the film goes on although there are times when he still seems robotic but that's like again you know halfway through the movie or uh two-thirds of the way through the movie and it's like for the the remainder of that time or prior to that he's just this you know stone-faced person and it's like I don't know. It's it. I don't find it relatable. So it's it's tough to uh, to kind of root for somebody like that, even though he's the protagonist and he is, you know, a good guy. Um, overall, I thought it was a good movie, uh, but just good. Uh, it was super bloated. Like Han said, the whole subplot with Joy could have been removed. Um, I felt like she she was there just to just for that moment where love breaks the the little hologram emitter uh, and, you know, crushes her out of existence. Uh, I just, there's probably like 10 or 15 minutes of scenes with her, maybe more that could have just been completely excised from the movie, trim it down a little bit. Leto, same thing. I mean, I guess you need that big bad. Although, um, you know, you have the Wayland Utani Corporation in the Alien films, and you never really get like a person that's controlling them. I mean, eventually you do yeah. in like the uh, um, Prometheus. Uh, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But you know, in the original Alien movies, not so much. Um, so anyway, is his character needed? Probably not. Was he cool? Sure, but again, that's fat. You could have cut out of the movie. What's the, how they, put on, on. they put him on the box and he's in the movie for like 10 minutes. <laughs> they could have put like love in or something. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, just a super, super bloated movie. And for that, you know, it, it's kind of disappointing. This was it was a good movie. I'm not going to say it was bad. It was uh, easy on the eyeballs. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy that I checked it off the list. But um this was easily the lowest rated Denny movie for me. I think all of his movies Ooh. have been four stars or higher for me. I give this one three stars. So, oh, that's okay. You're, no, that's, it's you know, do, but that, it's that, like that's... you. It's like you said with Whiplash, though. Like th- this isn't a bad movie. It's just yeah. You know, I th- I think it's got stuff Different going against cup of it. Tea. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I will say that like I and one like I, I don't think I like Greg you had touched on like visually like this movie like we talk about Roger Deakins I think this was his only win God. cinematography like I think it was this was like his like he's been nominated it was like, his first win it was but his he was first not win. he's he been won. nominated like a boatload of times yeah oh for oh, yeah. movies that are even better than this one 
Yeah. I, I like, and, and I think that like, I, I, I don't know whether or not, you know, this is one of those things where they're like, well, the guy was nominated like 30 times. Let's just throw him a win. Like, I think this was legit. Like this is some of the best cinematography I've seen in a movie. And I'm a huge, like out of, out of, I'm a huge like Deacons fan, like with anything he does, like I'll, I'll watch. And um, I, I think this is my favorite that he did. I'm glad that he won the award for it. Um, but that like, just, this is a visually um, like if, even if you, you're not in for the story, I think just watching it and just like appreciating like how the movie shot and some of the, the, the settings that they go to um, is like, I, I think that's one of the strongest points for me. So. Yeah. What would you rate? Uh, it? Do you have any final th- out of five? Oh, out of five? Yeah. Oh, I'm going like four and a half. Wow. Okay. This yeah. is this is my favorite Denis movie. I would say maybe like this or this rates higher uh, than this Dune for Dune. you. Wow. No, I would say this or Dune. Like Dune, I, I would I, I would probably give like a I would give them like even like four like probably like a four and a half. Like I would give Dune like a high four and a half. This would like kind of like like a you know border on that like four and a half four seven five. Like Dune for me is almost a perfect movie, but. Mm. I think that, like, I agree, like, talking through this, I do agree that, you know, I, I think that looking at it from the eyes of someone, like, you know, other people's eyes of just, like, me thinking, like, this is such a great movie, but I do agree that it does have its flaws. Mm-hmm. And, like, talking through it, I think it kind of helped me, like, you know, of, like, coming to reality of saying, like, no, this is not a perfect movie. Um, you know, I've probably been, like, up in this point, be like, I, I see Blade Runner. It's the best movie ever. <laughs> well, I'm happy so, yeah. that you picked it for me uh how what do you uh what do you have what are your final takes yeah so um this movie did win two oscars i mean what chris was talking about with deacons with cinematography and it also won for visual effects um and just for the folks out there if you're not familiar with deacon's work uh he's been the cinematographer on fargo uh the big lebowski oh brother where art thou a beautiful mind uh lady killers if you're if you're a fan of that no country for old men uh, doubt. Did he, did he do assassination Road. of Jesse James? Assassination of Jesse James by the cow Robert Ford, one of Hans's True Grit. Uh, Ooh, Rango for for Rango heads out there. <laughs> uh, Skyfall, um, which is considered one of the better, one of the got best. Some, James got a murderous row of movies here. Sicario, Blade Runner, nineteen seventeen, which he also won uh, for cinematography for that one as well. Uh, so that was his second win, um, and he should have won for so much more. I'm probably even missing things. Hmm. Um, so obviously, those were the two big highlights uh, for the movie. There, um, I originally gave this three and a half stars. Um, probably, maybe on a second watch, could lean four. Um, you know, like I mentioned, sadly, you know, I think it's a movie that would probably grow on you. The more time you spend with it, the deeper you dive, you know, I think we kind of talked a little bit. I need to spend more time than three hours. Well, this is, (laughs) so this is, we mentioned, we mentioned Dune and we mentioned Denny. And I think this is a lesson that Warner brothers and Denny learned where with the making of this, uh, Blade Runner 2049, um, they realized they messed up and should have made this into two parts or should have had another sequel ready to go on this. Um, and that's what they learned their lesson with Dune. And when Dune came out, everybody was like, Dune, we're so excited. And then they threw in that part one. And everybody was like, wait, what? And it was like, no, there's going to be more to this story. And I think they learned their lesson because of Blade Runner, because the last two movies Denny's done has been Blade Runner and then this, or sorry, Blade Runner and then Dune. Um, so those are his last two movies. And it was a four-year gap in between um to make um is uh is blade so. runner wb yes uh okay. yeah pretty sure, i think yeah, it's it wb and sony. i think sony has some oh is it like, oh no i Maybe think I'm it's mainly wb 
But I know like Sony's name was like on the opening. I think they oh, did like okay. well, either way. Kind of- if, if Warner Brothers didn't learn, then Denny learned, and he said, "I'm not doing this again. I'm not making. I'm not cramming three hours into a movie to try and." And that's where I think the movie falls apart is in that second half a little bit, where it's like it tries to put in too much more story as opposed to just relying on either you know Ryan Gosling's character or you know hinting at you know Deckard and you know maybe saving Deckard for like the last you know cut of the movie and then being like hey be ready for part two um so i think he learned his lesson on that one if i had to take a guess um Hmm. um based off of it that's just a hunch in in harry world um but yeah i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't be opposed if we go back into the blade runner world um you know i think the the question is what is what is it to be human and you know what makes a human i think are interesting um but i think you're your um your time with it may vary, and I think for Greg it's it's fairly shorter than mine, and uh, mine's fairly shorter than Hans. Uh, so you know we, we have a nice blend there for that. But um, yeah, no three and a half for me. So um, if if not a two and a half stars for the Deacons and the way this movie looks, um, absolutely gorgeous. So I don't think we get a Dune without this either. Yeah. So I mean I know it wasn't successful, but like. The way that like um, Denny was able to take a, a known property and you know completely be like, hey, here's the upgrade, uh, you know, and all the visual effects as we mentioned, cinema cinematography, just taking it to the next level for it. So any you know working with Deacons and Hans Zimmer isn't a isn't a bad choice for your movie. So no, absolutely. Whoa. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, gentlemen, uh, so much for your picks. I really enjoyed this. Uh, so, spoiler alert, I know we already talked about spoilers for uh, for these movies, but uh, we're actually going to come at you with a bonus pod. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, we are going to drop a uh, pod one week from the day this drops, so one week from Friday, uh, and that'll be for The Batman. It'll be a bonus review for The Batman. Uh, so, be on the lookout for that. Oh, uh, man. I know. I am, I am so excited <laughs> i'm I there <laughs> i was gonna order a, i was gonna order a batman shirt but a, it's not gonna be here and b i don't i don't need any more shirts I'm chris are you gonna night. be are you gonna be disappointed when you see your favorite movie of 2022 in march yeah you got what? a whole like nine months left of the year uh, i was legit <laughs> thinking about this because like we're closing out the year with avatar 2 and like uh, avatar is one of my favorite movies mm. and i'm like i like i'm not like i'm excited for like dr strange and all that stuff but i'm like i i don't know man like i'd like if if i peak in like march like (laughs) not even just march the beginning of march like it's just like i could see if this was like late march early april it's like all right we got a third of the the year out but it's just like i'm going into like march fourth or third and i'm watching like what could be probably the best superhero movie ever I don't know. I'm just saying that I, I could, wow. I, I could probably, it could probably be a big the tall order. Listen, listen, we'll get into it all, all next week, all next week in the right. discussion for it. Same Dude, bat time, same bat place. Uh, I, I just want, I just, all, I'm not even going to sleep tonight. I'm just going to rewatch all the other Batmans and just like, <laughs> Oh, I'm going to sleep. I'll be this. sleeping tomorrow in the theater too. <laughs> yeah. uh, Harry, anything for the peeps? Thanks for listening, guys. Um, if you if you have any movies uh, you ever want to nominate for this, you know, let us know. Uh, I'm up next, so I hope uh, Greg 
and hands come with some solid picks um, for me um, when, when we do this pod next, who knows when that'll be uh, hopefully soon. Cause I'll be excited to watch two new movies. Um, and yeah, look forward to the bat and we get some other fun things coming for you guys. Um, you know, Oscar season's almost here. We got a new mm-hmm. Pixar movie coming out. So, you know, could be some, could be some things we end up talking about hands. Anything for the peeps. Now buckle up. We got, there's a lot of good stuff coming out. So a lot of good themes. I feel like we say that every episode, man. Jeez. Yeah. And it's always true. It's always true. (laughs) Like we got, like we got a bonus next week. Like I, like now, like it's keeping us busy, which I, which I love. And you know, I I just love talking movies and, you know, getting dragging Greg out forcefully to go watch the Batman. (laughs) Dragging you out too. Don't act like you're at the theater every week or something. I'm not, but like, I'm excited for the Batman. I gotta like wait. I gotta like wake okay, up early. Go enough. like I gotta do the thing like where you kidnap someone and like put over the bag over Greg's head and then drag him out. Nice. Greg, you know what this sounds like to me? It sounds like the next time you're hyped for something and Chris goes, you get to drag him out for it. So that's yeah. that's what it sounds like right now for sure. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, Uh-oh. Also, <laughs> all, oh, also on, on a note of Blade Runner, there's three prologues to catch you up. On the DVD, so uh, oh. this is probably like this probably adds another like the thirty minutes. Bring it tomorrow and let Greg watch and see awesome. if it uh, helps. Going, I'm gonna game. sneak up in the projector room and just show this instead. You can watch me <laughs> chuck that right in the trash bin. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. As always, uh, like I said, we'll be back in one week's time instead of two uh, for our Batman, the Batman uh, pod. So. Uh, Check that out. And as always, live spicy.